0: I find the breakthroughs in in some of the areas to do with the brain uh, quite remarkable. We're still dealing with brain cancer, of course, but there have been breakthroughs there. We know there's a huge number of people who are gonna contract uh, dementia, Alzheimer's in the years ahead. But there's some work that's been done in the UK where they've developed a, a blood test that will detect whether a person is at risk of developing dementia and will very early on see the very early signs of dementia and Alzheimer's as they develop. Now, this is a blood test. It's quite remarkable. There's a whole range of breakthroughs in this area. So I thought we'd have a discussion about all of this with Professor Matthew Kinn. He's the CEO of Neuroscience Research Australia. Professor, good evening.
1: Good evening. How are you?
0: Good, good. There's so much that we don't know, but we are learning more, aren't we, on an almost daily basis?
1: Yeah, well, it's really, um, you know, knowledge is increasing exponentially in this field. It's really the final um, frontier, understanding brain function and then diseases and how diseases form and, and how they progress. And ultimately, we want to be coming up with better treatments. So that's where the focus is.
0: Yeah, and, and the treatments are obviously there. Trying to find out what causes it, I guess, it'd be a, would be a huge breakthrough. Where are we with that?
1: Well we've made I think significant progress so dementia is just an overarching term but there's lots of different types of dementia from Alzheimer's disease, the dementia associated with Parkinson's disease, frontotemporal dementia and motor neurone disease and what we've worked out over recent years is that each of these conditions have a different protein malformation in the brain. So amyloid accumulation causes Alzheimer's disease, TDP-43 causes frontotemporal dementia, alpha-synuclein causes Parkinson's disease, dementia. So by understanding the cause and the process, we can then come up with directed therapies and that's where we're at at the
0: moment. So with these blood tests that that, that, that are being worked on now, uh, so that they would, they would pick up that someone is either at risk or de- of developing dementia, or would they pick up the early signs of dementia?
1: So they're identifying who will actually develop dementia. It's really a fascinating study. So in the UK, they started a biobank in 2006 to 2010. They registered about 53,000 individuals and they followed them now for an average 14 years. And in that cohort of 52,000, 1,400 have gone on to develop, unfortunately, Alzheimer's disease. So now what they've done is they've gone back through the records of these patients, the clinical records, and looked at the blood tests they took each year. And what they've checked for are the proteins in the blood. And they found that there are four proteins that were rising over the course of the 14 years before they developed dementia. And these four proteins are connected to you know inflammation of the brain um, and also uh, transport of axons and so nerve pathway transports. And this study, which used you know 52,000 samples from patients, Used AI technology to find that if you if you checked for these four proteins, you had a very high chance of diagnosing Alzheimer's disease before it had even begun. So it's like it's a complete game
0: changer. Yeah. So you diagnose it before it begins. So say you diagnose it with me, and I'm thinking yep. you're, you're telling me you are going to develop uh, Alzheimer's. What can I then do?
1: So again, we've been really lucky in the last few years there's been some very positive clinical trials and at the moment in Australia the Therapeutics Goods Administration they've passed two new treatments for Alzheimer's disease and these are monoclonal antibodies so the antibodies directed against the amyloid protein in the brain mm. and they clear the amyloid and that leads to improved cognition or memory function they'll probably be approved by the pharmaceutical Benefits scheme later this year or early in 2025 so those two treatments are available now, if I said you're going to develop Parkinson- uh, Alzheimer's disease in fourteen years' time, we've got therapies that could stop it from developing, as well as these therapies now which are used for treatment. Right. so I suppose in the, in the in the ideal world, we could say that you'll never develop Alzheimer's disease. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Obviously, we need to come up with that therapy. When do we start it? Do we start it a year before yeah. or three years? I mean, that's where the research is. Yeah.
0: So just because there are treatments, but the therapies are different. Obviously, they're the therapies to prevent the onset or slow the onset of it. Uh, uh, they're still being developed, are they?
1: Yeah, well, I think we'll be able to use these treatments. I mean, they're, they're treatments now, but we'll be able to use them in advance of the condition. And by using these protein markers, so neurofilament, neurofilament goes up in the blood before the disease begins. So if you had a risk of of Alzheimer's disease, neurofilament goes up. You've done this test with your general practitioner. You should start treatment.
0: All right. Someone's relatively young. They're sharp. They're bright. They're thinking, well, I don't need to go and get a test for this. So how are we going to handle that?
1: Well, I think part of the problem for us as neurologists was we it's hard to diagnose. I mean, obviously, we can see there's memory problems for the patient, but yes. what type of dementia do they have? An MRI scan doesn't identify the problem. It often just shows a bit of shrinkage. Now what we can do is we think, oh, this could be Alzheimer's disease. As part of the blood test, we send them to the local pathology service. It comes back and sure enough, these proteins are elevated. They're, going to develop, they're either developing or the symptomatic for Alzheimer's disease. So we have a blood test that will reliably identify patients with Alzheimer's disease. Okay. This is the sort of the beginning. So we're going to get much you know, better technology, better tests, but this will likely be available within the next year or two in Australia across Australia. So it's really quite you know, a phenomenal breakthrough.
0: Tremendous. And look, there's a couple of other things I wanna ask you. We, we talk about Alzheimer's and dementia. Just explain the difference.
1: Yeah, so dementia is an overarching term. The most common form of dementia is actually called vascular dementia. So people who have problems with blood pressure, cholesterol, um, and you know might be smokers, poor diet, That's that's a vascular approach and you treat that by managing the vascular risk factors. Another form of dementia is Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease is linked to amyloid in the brain. Another form is Parkinson's dementia, which is due to alpha-synuclein. So we're differentiating these different forms of dementia. Although for the layperson, it might seem the, the, the presentation is the same. The presentation might be, you know, forgetting things, um, not engaging properly, you know, finding themselves lost in the car park, you know, not being able to read maps, yeah. Um, these sort of issues, but they don't differentiate the exact type of dementia. And that's going to come through a pathological test like the blood test we're talking about.
0: Now, neuroscience, of course, that covers a whole area. We've got we've got dreadful conditions like Parkinson's, motor neurone disease. Um, is, is there the potential here to transfer this across to those?
1: And that's exactly what will happen. So motor neurone disease is another protein, TDP43 and there are studies going on now monoclonal antibodies directed against tdp-43 to clear tdp-43 out of the brain and the spinal cord this biobank study, which has proved you know remarkable for Alzheimer's disease today, they're still accumulating patients. They they accumulated 1,400 patients with Alzheimer's disease. That's the most common form of dementia. They're still accumulating patients who, unfortunately, are developing or will develop motor neuron disease. And we need to get the numbers up before we can use this AI technology to come up with the breakthrough. But these are all going to follow. It's basically like a chain reaction. Yeah. We're going to see this translate across neurology it's
0: very exciting what about brain cancer we we do read and hear a lot about a lot of work being done in that area where would you say that stands
1: that's that's further back, but obviously we've all been seeing the the tremendous struggle of Richard Scoglia, the yeah. Australian of the Year, and he's using immunotherapy, so this is antibodies directed against his brain cancer, so yeah. it's a similar type of science, and he's adapted that from melanoma treatment, so that was again immunotherapy, so I suppose... Immunotherapy is our most successful treatment as a neurologist. When I started training 30 years ago, we had no treatment for multiple sclerosis. Now we have 14 registered treatments on the PBS scheme through Medicare for the treatment of, of MS. These are all immunotherapies. And now when, when a person has their first attack of multiple sclerosis, like lose their vision or had developed, you know, numbness or tingling on half of their body, we can reset the immune system through this treatment such that they'll never have another episode again in the course of their life. So it's really transforming. Neurology has gone from a diagnostic specialty to a therapeutic specialty, and it's really fantastic to see the yeah. outcomes for patients.
0: I have to say that uh, you know we often in the media try we jump the gun a bit and get very excited when there's talk of a breakthrough where it's in the very early stages. But overall, in this field of neuroscience, as you've just described, we're in a very exciting period, aren't we?
1: Very exciting. And, and I think we're, we're really fortunate recipients of the technology that's been developing in all fields. And then I think also the community awareness. The community knows that these are horrible diseases. We don't want anyone to suffer with these conditions and their family members to be taken out, you know, looking after their their loved ones. So we really want much better therapies and we're seeing that now, it's really fantastic.
0: Yeah, can I finish with this? Because as a doctor, you've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, I guess when you talk back when you started, how many times would you have said to people when they said, is there anything you can do? And effectively you've had to say, well, not much. And these days yeah. there's a lot you can say.
1: Exactly. And you know, we relied on the generosity of patients. We say, look, we can't do anything, but what we could try to do is work out why you've got the disease, how is it how is it, you know, developed and how does it spread. And, and also we've asked for patients to donate, you know, brains and yeah. spinal cords and they have done that. And it's only through that work, a yeah. lot of it has come through Australia, that we'll be able to come up with therapies.
0: Yeah, it's a great story. I really appreciate your time tonight, Professor, and uh, um, more power to you. Thank you so much.
1: No, thanks very much, John.
0: There you go. Look, I, I find all of that fascinating and I just find that as breakthroughs and people like that that are doing such wonderful work, Professor Matthew Keenan And they're the hope of the side. And if you hear that, people who've actually succumbed to these terrible conditions, who've given their brains to science, the old cliche, that work has led to these breakthroughs that will, before long, allow them to uh, treat these conditions and identify them much earlier, which is just fantastic. Really good news story.